So if you've ever seen the movie National Treasure, you will recognize the picture that's about to come up. Okay? All right. How many of you know what that is? All right. What was that? That's right. Benjamin supposedly, all right, Benjamin Franklin's glasses. And what were these glasses used for? To look at the treasure map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Who knew, right? All this time. But that's the premise, of course, behind the movie, that there's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. And in the course of finding clues to find this treasure, uh, they discover these glasses that allow them to see the map on the back of the Declaration of Independence in different ways, right? And that's the thing about these glasses is depending on which lens you look through or combination of lenses, you see parts of the map that you can't see without those lenses, right? That's the whole idea. And that is similar to how we have to look at life. Okay, not that we need a pair of Benjamin Franklin's glasses. That's not what I'm saying. But in order to live the life that we're supposed to live, to pursue the things that we're supposed to pursue, that we're meant to pursue individually as a church, we have to look at life through the correct lens. And that lens is God's lens. We have to learn to view life the way he sees life to see what he sees, to have what he wants, to pursue what he wants. Um, and that's, that's what we want to talk about this morning, is if we truly want to pursue what God wants for us, if we want to experience what God wants for us individually as a church, we're going to talk about some of the things that I believe God wants for us, that he's leading us to do. We're going to attempt to look at this next year, the future, through God's lens, okay? We're going to talk about being equipped for service. We're going to, be ta- we're going to talk a little bit about vision. Now, I mentioned uh, at the beginning of or during the welcome time that you received a sermon notes handout. That should have been tucked inside another handout that is our vision handout. Now, this, usually this time of year, I'll go through the vision again, and I'm going to hit the, I'm going to kind of do a summary of that, but I wanted you to have that in your hands. It's also available on the website, but I wanted you to have that in your hands so that you can take that and read through that in a little more detail. Many of you have heard it before, but if you haven't, I'm just going to do a quick summary of what that is. Any group of people, even in my life, if I want to accomplish something, I have to have a vision, right? I have to have a goal, something that Uh, a direction that I I need to be headed in. And having a vision, knowing where I want to go, will help me make decisions in how to get there. And our vision, which is the end goal, what we feel like God is leading this church to be, is that we believe God is leading Wall Highway to be a church that is actively connecting our world to Christ and his people through intentional evangelism, dynamic worship, loving fellowship, personal discipleship, and caring ministry. That is the end goal. That is what, if, if someone were to look at our church, that they will see those characteristics in our church in a healthy, vibrant, growing way. But that the vision is more broad. It is, again, the end goal. 
what we believe we need to look like. That is in there in your handout there. And there's a scriptural basis for this, and that's Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That we are a witness for the Lord. And that we are reaching people with the gospel, that we are discipling people in the faith, helping them to discover God's purpose for them, pursuing that and fulfilling that. And that leads to how we do that, which is our mission statement. And if the, the vision is the end goal, if that's what we, the end product, so to speak, then the mission is what guides us along the way. It's kind of like a GPS. It sort of gives us our turn-by-turn directions along the way. It's the guardrails that keep us focused uh, and accomplishing that end goal, reaching for that end goal. And this is our mission statement, that we are a people who love God, love people, share Jesus, and make disciples. And really, everything that we do as a church is going to fit into one of those categories. We're going to be doing what we do because of those things. Because we love God, we want others to love God. Because we love people, because God loves people. And we are sharing Jesus so that they will know their creator, so that they will know what God put them here for and experience the joy of knowing their creator in an intimate relationship and spending eternity with him. And we are actively making disciples. So the decisions we make, how are we accomplishing those things? And our basis for this, the biblical basis, the great commandment, Jesus said in response to what is the greatest commandment, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great Great and foremost commandment, the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and prophets. Well, that's where we get the, the first and second greatest commandments, love God, love people. That's what we're here for. And the Great Commission makes up the other part of this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, Jesus said, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So that tells us we need to be sharing Jesus and making disciples, discipling people in the faith. So our mission keeps us on track, which brings us to our next step that really speaks to what we're going to be talking about the rest of this message. And that is our strategy. And our strategy is really the DNA of what we are and and what we do as a church. It's the day-by-day, step-by-step things that we are involved in. it's, It's how we, again, the mission keeps us headed in the right directions. And these the, the, the strategy is the day-to-day activity, for lack of a better word, that, that helps us to stay on mission and to reach the end result, the vision. It is the DNA of the church. It includes four pathways that will help us fulfill our mission and then ultimately reach the vision. And, and that's that we desire that each member of Wall Highway connect to the church, to Christ and to his church, grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ, serve inside the walls of the church, and then go outside the walls of the church with the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. So our strategy in four words, which you see printed on your handout every week, you see it plastered all over the place around here, connect, grow, serve, and go. That makes up the the day-to-day. 
So everything we do, again, fits into that, which fits into the mission, which helps us reach the vision of what we're here. And so what we're going to talk about today, I'm not following that connect, grow, serve, go in that order, but it's going to fit into that somehow. And what I want to look at today, uh, before we begin a new emphasis this year, is the, the things that we're going to focus on in 2023 that will help us, that, that make up the strategy, that will help us stay on mission, that will help us reach that end goal, that vision that we believe that God has for us. So a few areas that we are going to emphasize that will answer the question, how are we going to take a step toward fulfilling the vision, the mission that God has given us? How are we going to do that this year? Well, first, we're going to emphasize equipping, and that's number one, equip 23. In 2023, we've already talked some about this, but we're going to talk just a few more minutes about it, okay? This, this emphasis, Equip 23, is based on Ephesians chapter 4, particularly verses 11 and 12. And he himself, God gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. Over the past year, longer, the, God has, has convicted my heart, uh, Brother Caleb, Brother Jim, we, we've come together, we've prayed, and he has convicted us that we are not fulfilling our role as much as we should in this area, in equipping the saints, which is you. You may not think you're a saint, or maybe the person sitting next to you may not think is a saint, but if they are a child of God, they are. All right, that's what he's talking about here. We haven't done what we should be doing to equip you for the work of ministry. So many times in church life, we get in this, 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 in our minds, this idea that we hire staff to do the ministry, right? And we've all been guilty of that. And, and, and hey, we need something done. Let's hire more people. <laughs> but that's not the biblical model. The role of pastors is to equip the saints for ministry. We get the privilege of doing ministry, but we shouldn't keep that privilege all to ourselves. We want to equip you to fulfill the purpose that God has given you. And here's our goal in this. The goal is to equip the members of the body of Christ here at Wall Highway to serve in your area of gifting. Now, there are going to be times where God calls you to serve outside your area of gifting, but we are focusing on what has God gifted you to do? We want to equip you to serve in that area. Because when Christians serve and utilize their spiritual gifts, here's the result. It creates joy in your life, joy in the church. It creates unity in the church. And it creates spiritual growth in your life. And as a result, spiritual growth within the church. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 4 teaches us that this is vital to unity and spiritual growth in your life and in the life of the church, my life and in the life of the church. And we want that. And we know that we need to make sure we are all fulfilling our purpose in order to, to, to experience that joy, that unity, that growth. And it focuses on spiritual gifts. And over the next, beginning next week, we're going to focus on spiritual gifts intensely for eight weeks. Sunday morning, a seven-week series. Sunday night, an eight-week Bible study. And here is the vision for that. All right? 
for our emphasis on spiritual gifts. Again, the end result, this is what we think God is leading us to accomplish. And it's pretty simple that there will be a noticeable difference in people serving in their area of giftedness here at Wall Highway Baptist Church. That you will see it in your life and that anybody who looks at this church will see people actively serving in the church. They may not know that you're serving in your area of giftedness, but you will and I will and the other members of this church will. Imagine what we can accomplish for the Lord if we do that. Imagine the lives that we can reach if we can do that. Imagine the unity that we will experience if we are all actively engaged in serving in the areas that God has gifted us because he has gifted you in one or more areas. Most have more than one spiritual gift. He's gifted you, and he gifted you for the reason, for the purpose of serving. And we're going to talk a lot about that over the next couple of weeks. So that's our vision. Let's, let's narrow it just a little bit. What's our goal here? Well, as leaders, pastors, leaders, our goal is to help you, help individuals understand their gift. And notice I made that plural also because most have more than one gift. To, to understand your gift, not just to know what it is, but to understand your gifts and how God uses them inside the church and outside the church. He's gifted you to serve in the church. We're serving, connect, grow, serve inside the church and to go outside the walls of the church. He uses your gift in both areas. What we will see, hopefully, is more people understanding their spiritual gifts and more people using their spiritual gifts inside and outside of the church. Here are two action steps that we're going to take as a church that I believe it, it, it's, it's going to be a process, but these two action steps are going to go a long way to help us reaching this goal. The first is this, is that beginning next week, we're going to have a seven-week series on spiritual gifts. What they are, why God gifts us, how he gifts us, what they mean, what your gift means, what my gift means, and how he uses those gifts inside and outside the church. And then, you know, there's only so much we're going to be able to cover on Sunday morning. Sunday night, we're going to do an eight-week study that we're really going to dig into this. As a matter of fact, it's going to be on Sunday night where we really unpack those individual gifts to where not only do I understand my giftedness, which will help me, but I'm also going to learn your giftedness, which will help me know how God uses you in the body of Christ. And that's important because we're supposed to all be serving together. So it would be beneficial for me to know how God uses your gift so that when we're serving alongside each other, there are going to be things that you can do that I can't do. So we're going to really unpack that. We're going to spend about five weeks in different groups. There's going to be an adult group that Brother Robert is leading. There's going to be, we call ourselves the young adult group, no implication there, all right, (laughs) That, that Mandy and I are going to be leading. And then there's also going to be two youth Bible studies. Guys and girls are going to break up. And there's going to be a children's study that goes on. We're going to be teaching our kids about this as well, helping them come. Man, if I I knew as a child what I know now about this, or at least started to learn more, I would be a lot further along in this than I am now. But then on week six, all of the adult groups are going to come together. And for three weeks, we're going to break up into groups. And we're going to do something that I have never done before. 
And Brother Robert shared with me that he's never done anything quite like this. He and I have been working on this. Caleb, Jim, we've all been working together on this. Something I've never really done before. To this extent, we're going to implement these gifts. We're going to break up into groups made up of people of different gifts, adults and students working together. And we're going to have some tasks to complete to help us learn how to work together, exercising different gifts to accomplish those tasks. And I'm excited about the potential here of how God is going to use this. So Sunday nights, and that's what Robert was challenging you last week, and I'm going to challenge you again today to commit to, to be here beginning next week for eight weeks, Sunday morning, Sunday night, to be a part of this because it takes all of us to accomplish this. But if we will all commit to making that a priority, I, I, I believe God's going to use this in an incredible way in this church. And we're going to see him work in ways that we never have before. Simply because this is God's design for church. When he created the church, when he put it together, the spiritual gifting and placing different people together with different gifts is part of his design for accomplishing his kingdom work on earth. And until we get to a point to where we are doing this the way God intends, we will never experience all that God has for us. But if we do, wow, man, what it will be like to see God's Spirit move and work through this church in ways that none of us, including myself, have never experienced before. That's, that's the potential. The question is, will we commit to it? And will we be faithful to follow God in it? So we've, we've handed out spiritual gift surveys and connection groups. If you haven't taken one, even if you've taken one a long time ago, but haven't taken one recently and given it to a pastor or given it to your connection group leader, do that because we're going to use those in our Sunday night studies. You can access one of those on our website. Um, it's the Lifeway Spiritual Gifts Inventory. It is different than the Skills and Interest Survey on Realm, so push that aside out of your mind, the Spiritual Gifts Inventory. Fill that out. Get it back to us, and we're going to explore those during, those during the studies that we're going to be doing. But we want under, people to understand how God has gifted them. Now, we've already met with leadership, and we've given them some goals and some, uh, some tasks to complete in, in their area of leadership. And, and we're challenging all of our leaders to begin to think of whatever area of ministry they're leading in these terms. Everybody on your team is gifted in different ways. To begin having conversations about how to use those gifts to maximize the ministry for that specific team or that committee or whatever it is. But this is going to be a major we're going to talk about some more today, but this is going to be a major emphasis this year, especially over the next eight or nine weeks, all right? So we're going to focus on spiritual gifts. The next area of emphasis that I want to talk about is outreach. You know, we spiritual gifts is really about connecting and growing, particularly growing in unity and fellowship, spiritual growth. It does have an outreach component, uh, certainly, but, but outreach is talking about going. We're going outside the walls to share the gospel. And we believe we need to focus. I mean, this is a focus every year, but we need, we need to, to have goals of, of how we want to improve in this area each year. And, of course, it's based on the Great Commission. Jesus said before he ascended 
He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, discipling them, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So outreach. We're going to focus on outreach this year. And there are a couple of things that we really want to focus on. And, and listen, it's not all about numbers. Before, don't even put that up yet, okay? This is not all about numbers. But if we reach people, each person is a number, right? Can we all agree on that? So the idea is you reach more people, the numbers get bigger. Well, let me tell you a phenomenon that takes place in a church that we have hit as a church. And even when we were above this number, we were still limited by this number, okay? This is just a general idea. And it is very real. I've experienced it as a pastor, and it's real in the church, okay? Even I'm introducing it, and it may be bad because even psychologically it's a barrier, okay? But don't take it that way this morning, all right? It is the 200 barrier in a church, And here's why this is important. Again, not all about numbers, but it is. Numbers are important because numbers are people. The 200 barrier is real in a church because it deals with how we do church. It's how we share responsibility and leadership in a church. It involves the idea of servant leadership. That as a leader, I'm not seeking glory myself. I'm not doing it all myself. I am willing to step aside and allow you to serve and you to lead when it's your area of giftedness and spiritual gifts is going to do a lot to break this barrier. It deals with how we are structured as a church. Do we hire certain staff people to do everything or do we take a team approach to ministry? Do we equip people to serve? And this is something in the structure of our church that we are already beginning to address And I believe we can, but we've got to break this barrier. Not just so that we can come and say we've had more than 200 people, but in how we do ministry. And again, Equip 23 is where we're beginning with this. Okay, And it deals with outreach because if we don't don't change the way we do ministry, especially post-COVID, that's changed the way we do ministry in a lot of ways in the church. If we don't change the way we do ministry, we may get above this several times, but we're always going to back down to that number eventually. And it involves how we serve and how we share ministry. So we're going to be doing things intentionally to structure our ministry and and things in the life of this church with that in mind, overcoming that barrier. Equip 23, again, is a huge step in that direction. Now, let me tell you something we have discovered here is that that we are really good at in terms of outreach. And we've seen it in different events that we've had. We're really, really good at putting on events that attract people here. Whether it's the Rocket City jazz concert that we have that attracts people. Our Christian illusionist, because I'm not allowed to call him a magician. who We had a Sunday morning crowd here for that. The fall festival that we do, different activities, family activities like that. We are really really good at that and we attract people at that and and so one of the things that we're going to do this year is look for more creative ways to do those types of events it involves a lot of people a lot of work but we it gives us the opportunity to bring people here to introduce them to this church but also to introduce them to Jesus so we're going to continue to host those creative things but here's something that we haven't done so well with those we haven't built in 
we had this goal, but we haven't been as intentional about this. And this is the area we really need to improve to have a built-in next step in place to that event that will draw some of those folks back again after that event. And there are a lot of different ways you can do that. I remember one time at a previous church, we had a fall festival. We attracted about 350 people. We had built into that a next step. And the next step was that we, we offered, as we usually do at fall festivals, a drawing. Okay, to where you could win a basket, a gift basket or something like that. Okay, and whoever won the drawing got that basket. But here was the thing. We also hosted after that a parenting class that if you won the drawing, guess what? And you can accuse me of being a little bit sneaky here, but that was not the intent. And that, I don't believe that it is in order to because we're giving something free away. All right. <laughs> In order to collect that drawing, you at least had to attend the first parenting class. But everybody had the opportunity to attend that class. And out of that 350 people, we got somewhere in the neighborhood of 16 to 20 people back to that class. And we got to spend several weeks with them in a smaller group with the intent to reach them, not only introduce them to Christ, but to reach them and introduce them to the church family. And that's just one of the many ways that we can do that. But every event that we plan, the event itself is great and we'll get tons of people here. But if we don't have a planned next step in place of how we're going to touch them again after that, it takes, studies have shown over and over and over again, in order to reach people with the gospel and to reach people and get them into this church, it takes multiple touches after that initial contact. And you got to be creative in how you do that. You know, going door to door nowadays is not as effective as it used to be. You, you can get them here, having just a revival and expecting people to show up. Those days are long gone. Revivals are great, but as far as attracting people, it doesn't work like it used to. But getting them here initially, you can do, but how are we going to reach them again? How are we going to get them back? What's, what's our next step? And so that's something we are really, really going to emphasize in terms of outreach this year. And getting past that initial, hey, introduction, here's who we are, thank you for being here, but how are we going to get them back? Now, another thing that we're going to focus on this year is family ministries. And here's where you're going to see some changes with your ministerial staff. Some of you are already aware of this, and I've already talked about this some on Sunday mornings. As we go through Equip 23, the idea is, again, that ministry becomes shared, all right? So... We are delegating more and more, using individuals more and more to accomplish the ministry. Your pastors are still going to be very much involved in ministry, but as we depend on you to do more ministry, we feel led to grow in specific areas in ministry. And one of the things that I've always been passionate about is family ministry. And as I am delegating more and more, as I'm depending on the ministerial staff to take some things off of my plate and, and you to take some things off of my plate and their plates, then I am going to pursue family ministry more. It's, it's always, I started out as a children's pastor, thought I would be a children's pastor. God had different plans, but family ministry is something that Mandy and I are very passionate about. 
And so that's something that I, I am looking forward to the opportunity to grow in myself and to see our church grow in. And, it, and families are, are important to God, right? I mean, he created the family before he created the church. Families are important to God. We see the creation of the family in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. The Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal, every bird of the sky, and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. Whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper among those animals was found corresponding or suitable for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, this one at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman for she was taken from a man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. And just like that, the family was created. The only time a husband and wife relationship has ever been perfect, because of the fall destroyed all that, but the family is good, and it is of God. And he has a desire to see healthy, loving, godly families. And my desire as your pastor is to see your family healthy, godly and loving and pursuing God in your life. I want that for my family and I want that for your family. And so here is the vision for family ministries moving forward. To have spiritually mature families who embrace their biblical roles. We've seen that here. We see it reiterated elsewhere in scripture. Embracing their biblical roles and living out connect, grow, serve, go within their families. Well, what's Connect, Grow, Serve, Go have to do with it? Well, don't you? I know I want my children to be connected to Christ. And it is my responsibility to connect them to Christ. I want men and women, spiritual leaders, and the man's helpmate, which is not uh, a, a, a bad term, okay? It's, it's not demeaning in any way. But men and women, husband and wife, leading their children to the Lord Connecting them to Christ. I want to be connected to my wife and to my children on an emotional and spiritual level too, don't you? The other people in your family, I want families to be connected to Jesus and to each other. I believe that's God's plan for the family. I want them growing in their faith. I want my, myself, my wife, my kids growing in their relationship with the Lord. I want, families, I want my, families to serve, my family to serve the Lord together. We want our families to serve the Lord. Yes, you're going to serve the Lord outside the family, but together as a family too, inside the walls of the church. And families need to be going on mission together. Maybe that's a mission trip. Maybe that's serving God outside the walls of this church as a family in the community. But, but families who the biblical roles are honored, one man, one woman. The man is the spiritual leader of his home. The wife is his helpmate. And together they lead their family to pursue God's plan for their family. Connecting their children, each other connecting to Christ, to each other, 
growing in their relationship to Christ, serving the Lord together as a family, helping your kids discover the gifts that God has given them, and then serving, going outside the walls and serving together as a family. That is our vision for family ministry. And here's some goals that we're going to have to help us accomplish that this year. We're going to have more family-oriented fellowship events to help us connect, all right, to emphasize the importance of family. And, you know, if I'm going to be leading in family ministry, I like to have fun. So we're going to do fun stuff, but with a purpose. How many of you went to the Trash Pandas game this year? Had a great group for that. It was a lot of fun, right? More things like that. The church picnic last year that we had, a family-focused event. We're going to do things like that. There will be purpose and intent in that. But we're going to have those types of things, those types of events. One of the things that we're exploring that we hope to accomplish this year is a family retreat. And by the way, we're talking about families, husbands, and wives, and kids. But you're a part of this family, whether you're single or not. And you may have a family that you're a part of, maybe not as a husband or wife. But when we talk about family, we're talking about the entire family. All right? And we're talking about, yes, the family unit, but we're also talking about you as a member of the family of God. And there's a place for you in that, too. All right? So a family retreat where we can get away for a couple of days, those families that are able to do that, and focus on growing in some of these areas that I'm talking about. We're going to continue to have equipped Bible studies directed toward the family. And these Bible studies will, be, will include topics, not limited to these topics, but include topics like parenting, marriage, marriage strengthening, gender identity, the issues that we're facing in our families today, in our culture, developing a biblical worldview, biblical roles in the home, and taking care, some of you are about to say amen, okay, taking care of your parents in their senior years. I may have heard an amen from back there somewhere. I'm just, that's where my in-laws are. We love them. But yes, that's part of honoring your parents, right? And something that part of fulfilling my role is making sure that my parents are cared for in their senior years. And then we're going to explore the possibility of beginning a mentoring ministry here this year where we're able to match younger couples with older couples. You know, and, and I'm, I'm poking fun at my in-laws, but I'm going to say this, bragging about them and my parents. Mandy and I both have had the privilege of growing up in a home with two people who have been married only to each other our entire lives and who love and serve the Lord. We've had great models growing up. Every day I make a decision and there's not a day that goes by that I don't think, how did my dad or how would my dad, or I call him, he's still living, and ask him, how would you handle this? We've got those models, but guess what? Not everybody does. Not everybody has that, that, those parents to pour into them. Maybe God's calling you, you've been married for 30, 40, 50 years, calling you to pour into a couple that's been married two, three, four years, five years, ten years. And so if we can... Create an environment. Imagine what that will do bridging that age gap in our church of pairing younger couples with older couples for the purpose of mentoring. So we're going to look at beginning that this year. And then we want to provide opportunities for families to serve together to go on mission in our community, both in the community. Let me, let me make a plug for Ecuador, okay? One of the great experiences of my life 
has been taking my daughter, my oldest daughter, and my oldest son on their first international mission trip. We got to experience that together. I got to experience that with them. I, that, that is something that if you are considering going to Ecuador at all, moms, dads, consider going with your student. If they're old enough, there is an age limit. But what an experience. The mission trip was great. Serving the Lord was fantastic. We saw God do incredible things. But the experience of sharing that with my children caused me to grow spiritually and I believe caused them to grow as well. And it caused our relationship to strengthen the father-daughter, father-son relationship. So serving together as a family on mission. Now let's talk about discipleship. All right. Discipleship. Now, if you know our student pastor at all, you know he is passionate about discipleship. And as he equips more of his leaders and more people to serve in youth ministry, he's still going to be our youth pastor. He's still going to be over youth ministry, but we're talking about shared ministry. So as he depends more and more on his youth leaders, he is going is taking on more and more responsibilities in the area of discipleship for the entire church. So He is officially becoming not just our youth pastor, but our missions and discipleship pastor as well. And and one of the things that he is going to be focusing on is pursuing his passion in discipleship. And he shared this with our leaders. Let me just share a couple of things with you that he shared with them in our leadership meeting. Of course, this is based on, again, the Great Commission, going and making disciples, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded, Jesus said. But a verse he shared... A discipleship verse, 2 Timothy 2, 2. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, Paul says, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul's saying, I've I've taught you, you teach others, so that they will teach others. That's discipleship. I learn in my faith, I disciple someone else to grow in their faith. I teach them what God has taught me, and and we grow together. We that person learns from me, we learn from each other, and then we both grow in the Lord. And here are the goals that Caleb has set in agreement with myself, Brother Jim, and has been shared with the leadership. First, we're going to provide a working definition of discipleship. There are a lot of verses about discipleship in the Bible, and from that, we can develop a working definition that we can agree on as a church, what that looks like, for each individual and for our church. That's one goal. But here's his overall vision slash goal for our church. He challenged the youth with this. He's challenging our church now. That 30% of our members in this church produce spiritual grandchildren. Okay? No, we're not encouraging you to go out and have kids. Spiritual grandchildren, if I disciple two people, it's the same with evangelism. If I disciple two people, then they grow in their faith, they disciple two people. That is your spiritual grandchildren. Those people are your spiritual grandchildren, okay? If I'm actively pouring into somebody else, they are actively pouring into somebody else. We multiply ourselves. Again, it's God's design for spreading the gospel. It's not just sharing the gospel Go and make disciples. It's discipling those people that you win to the Lord or that God places in your life to grow spiritually. So those are our goals for discipleship. Now think about this. Think about one person in your life, one person in your life that has made a huge impact on you spiritually. For many of us, myself included, not just one, but a few people popped into your head just like that, right? 
Now here's a question. Have you been that, what that person was to you, have you been that for somebody else? If not, why? That's, what, that's our goal, that we are reproducing ourselves. Somebody poured into me, I need to pour into somebody else. Let's talk about missions for just a second. Again, an area Caleb is going to be, he's already leading and has been. If you're involved in missions, you know that, but we're, we just, we're, we're making it official, Okay. It's based on Acts 1.8. You will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's our missions verse. It is a verse, a core verse for the vision of our church, but missions specifically. We begin here at home and we reach around the world. Dr. Oswald J. Smith used to say, the light that shines the farthest will shine the brightest at home. We begin right here where God has planted us. But we go beyond that in our community, our region, our nation, and around the world. And, and this is something that we've come to see here at Wall Highway. And this is, again, from Caleb's heart through me, all right? I share that heart, though, in terms of, of where we are in missions. We are great at home. We are fantastic at supporting and participating in missions around the world. The greatest area of growth we need right now in this church is in our nation, in terms of our church. And one of his goals for us this year is to expand our missional efforts here in the U.S. We do wonderful in our Jerusalem, in Judea, at home, in our area. We've got several different missions, focuses, emphasis going on there. We've got our group, our high-altitude mission. We've got the Ecuador mission around the world. But we don't really have anything we do support North American Mission Board, giving to that, but we don't have, we have in the past, but right now we don't have anything that we're really pouring into in our nation. And so that's one of his goals for us. Different possibilities, partnering with the North American Mission Board, partnering with Alabama Disaster Reliefs, partnering with, with church planning efforts and getting involved in helping to plant a church somewhere. These are some of the possibilities that we're going to explore this year. And then he also has the goal for us to develop a long-term game plan for both high-altitude missions and Ecuador. Ecuador was originally a three-year partnership. This is the third year, so where do we go from here? So evaluating that, and that is, of course, around the world, but still, those are the goals. Now let's talk about something, and we're going to conclude with this. We're going to talk about an area of emphasis this year that maybe you hadn't thought of that we need, and that's administration. Now I know it's the end of the message And most people think administration, and if you don't have gifts in that area, you may not be excited about administration. But let me tell you, as somebody who is not good at administration, it is vitally important in the life of a church, right? And and this is some, and if you look around our staff, you will see that our staff, some of us have gifts in administration and some of us don't. And I'm one of those people, all right? So I need people in my life who have gifts in this area. Our secretaries excel in this area. Ministerially, there's one person on our staff who excels in this area. It is not me. It is not Caleb. And as our interim, I think you'll amen this. It is not Ben. It is our children's pastor, Brother Jim. He excels at administration. I can walk through a room, and we saw this in the renovation. We could walk through a room, he and I together, evaluating what had been done. 
I could walk through that room and say, hey, it looks great. Jim can come out of that room and say, I saw this, 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 this. And I'm going, how did you see that? (laughs) I didn't see any of that because Jim's a details man. I am not. And so he sees things that I don't. And so Jim, while Caleb is sort of officially, not sort of, officially becoming our missions and discipleship along with student ministry, along with children's ministry, Jim is officially becoming our administrative pastor here because we need that. As we grow, we're going to need someone focused on the details and focused on making sure that we are accomplishing the goals that we are setting here and putting the pieces in place to do that. And here's, here's where this is important. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Can we all agree that God deserves our best? And our best means not just big dreams and goals. Our best means making sure we're following through with those dreams and goals. Making sure that the pieces are in place to accomplish those dreams and goals. I think long term. I think visionary. I don't think step by step by step I need help with that. And that's going to be one of his, is one of his responsibilities, is evaluating. Here, here are some of the goals. I mean, we see from cre- the creation account, God is a God of order, right? I mean, God's, God's a details person. He is a God of order. And so here's some of the administrative goals we're going to have. Here's some of the responsibilities that Jim is going to be fulfilling moving forward. He's going to assist with the implementation of the vision of Wall Highway Baptist Church. The organizational side of things. Making sure the details are covered. Processing information in ways that I can't, Caleb, the rest of us can't. Making sure those goals are met. Details, details, details. He's going to be developing and implementing strategies. Working with myself, with other staff members that connect Here's where Equip 23 comes in. The strategies, the details to connect our members, current, and those coming in to areas of service that match their gifts. That requires administration to make sure that there's follow-through there. And he's also going to serve as staff liaison to the nominating committee in order to help connect people to their areas of giftedness. Building and grounds, if you know Jim, you know he has a gift for design, and you're sitting in some of that along with the team that he led, the design that we see in our renovation. Long-range planning, details, 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 and the multi-purpose building teams. For nominating, again, he's going to provide guidance for connecting those people for nominating to areas of service, building and grounds, provide guidance. He's going to provide guidance for the maintenance of our facility, improvements for that facility, along with our building and grounds team that does an excellent job. He's going to be the point of contact for the interior decor of the church. He's going to lead in that, utilizing teams, building and grounds, and other teams. For long-range planning and the multi-purpose team, he's going to provide leadership there. He, he, he's going to assist me, and he's going to be somebody that I delegate to in this area because he has a gift for building design and things of that nature. But he's also going to take on him education ministry in our church. Our church has not had someone on staff leading education ministry in a very long time. And so 
He's going to be leading in this area. And here's some of the things, here's some of the goals for that. He's going to provide leadership to connection group leaders, teaching materials, assisting them with that, resources that they need to teach their classes and to lead their classes, evaluate space and room needs as we grow, placing classes in different spaces that they need. He's also going to provide periodic training to connection group leaders. He's going to be leading out in this. And those could be conferences, leadership meetings, uh, on-site, off-site, possible retreats with our connection group leaders. There are endless possibilities there. And then connected with our education ministry, we've talked about this before. He's been working on this. He, God gave him this, and we as a staff feel like this is something that we need to continue to pursue, and that's developing and giving leadership to the WHBC internship ministry, um, developing a handbook that helps us all know how we're going to do that, taking folks that are college students, uh, uh, student ministry students who feel led into ministry, and giving them an opportunity to participate in an internship here at Wall Highway. And, and these are the, the changes that are go- ongoing, and if you know us, if you've served with us, you know our hearts and you know that we've been pursuing some of these things because we love doing it and God has led us to. As a church, pursuing spiritual gifts, equipping, making sure that we are all fulfilling the purpose that God has given us. These are the steps that we feel God is leading us to take. Now, I'm just going to close with a simple illustration to make a point. All of this I can stand up here all day long. I'm not going to. But I can stand up here all day long and talk about this. I get passionate about this. It's about the future. I enjoy this time of year every year where I get to do this. But I can talk about this all day long. But if none of us do anything about it, it'll stay right here in this room. And let me, let me share with you. I borrowed. I used to play with these things as a kid. Die-cast metal cars. I love these things. I, I mean, and I, I borrowed one from Eli. I don't have any anymore. After borrowing his, I may go buy me some because I can do that now. But I used to love playing with these things. I would create these elaborate racetracks in, in my backyard. Dukes of Hazard was popular when I was a kid. I was Bo Duke, and I had the General Lee, and Roscoe was chasing me the whole nine yards. I mean, I loved playing with these things, and I would create these tracks, and I had Hot Wheels tracks and all this sort of stuff. But a simple, simple illustration to make a point here. Now, I, I got just a binder here because I didn't have time to build a ramp, because I thought of this later in the week. All right, if I take my little Hot Wheels car here, and I'm going to go up this ramp, then something, meaning me, has to push this up the ramp, right? What's going to happen if while going up this ramp, I let go, hoping that this car sits still? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to sit still. I mean, if you know Hot Wheels, that's their thing. They go fast, right? (laughs) The wheels move easily, all right? And same thing would happen to you in your car if it was in neutral. You take your foot off the brake, you're on a hill, what's going to happen? There's no sitting still. There's either moving forward or moving backwards. Well, spiritually speaking, that describes each and every one of us, and it describes this church. Either we're moving forward or we're going to be moving backwards. There is no sitting still spiritually. And just like... I have to use my power to move this car forward. You and I can't move forward on our own. 
We have to submit to and rely on the power of God to move us forward. But if we will commit together to pursuing what I believe God is leading us to pursue, we will move forward. And we will not only survive in this day and time, in a post-COVID world with all the craziness, in a world where there is unrest and war and all sorts of things around the world, we will not only survive, we will thrive in building God's kingdom His way, by His power, by His strength. Now, in order to be a part of that, you have to be a part of His family, but you can be. We talk about outreach, connecting people to Jesus. That is our heart's desire. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that if he gives you the opportunity this morning that you will receive him. We're going to have a time of decision, and you can come, and you can share that with me, that that's what you want to do. And I will help you take the next step in doing that. But I'm going to extend the call that Brother Robert made at the conclusion of his sermon last week. Maybe you weren't here last week. And I've already voiced it in my message today, but let me voice it again. Here's what we're asking. Here's what I, the staff, we are asking you to do, to commit over the next eight weeks, eight weeks to be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, to participate in this Equip 23 emphasis. Because we truly believe God's going to use it in a miraculous way. And if you're willing to do that, I've asked our backup deacon of the week. Our deacon of the week, David Griggs, is running the camera. So Jason Stewart's our backup this week. I've asked him to come down and join me. Brother Caleb is on our ski trip with the students. I've asked him to come down and join me in just a few minutes. He's going to be standing down here. I'm going to be standing down here. And if you didn't get an opportunity to do this publicly last week, if you're willing to commit to those eight weeks, you can simply come to either Jason or myself, and all you have to do is say, I'm in. That's it. I mean, and then you can sit back down unless you want me to pray with you or him or something, but that's all you have to do. I'm in, and that's it. If you need to make a decision, don't let the other people stop you from doing that. You come to me, come to Jason, share with us the decision the Lord is leading you to make, and we will stop and spend whatever time we need to with you to make sure that happens, okay? But we're going to have a time of decision. I'm going to ask Ben to come forward and our praise team. We're going to have a word of prayer, and then he's going to lead us in a song of invitation. And however God leads you to respond to those challenges, the opportunity that God has given you to respond, let me encourage you to respond. Father, we thank you for giving us your word. We thank you for giving us direction, giving us purpose, a vision for accomplishing your purposes. And I pray that in agreement and unity of spirit, your spirit, that we would pursue those purposes together. Lord, you may be leading someone in here to pursue your purposes for the first time by accepting the invitation that you've given to join them, for them to join you in the relationship that you created them for, that relationship that was severed by sin, that relationship, Jesus, that you came and gave your life to restore. The invitation of salvation through Christ and Christ alone. Jesus, through you, your death, your burial, your resurrection makes that possible. But we have to acknowledge that we, like all, have sinned, fallen short of your glory, and that we need forgiveness for that sin. You don't force 
that gift on us because it is a gift. We have to receive it. And if there's anyone here in this room who has never accepted you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would come during this invitation and make that decision. For the rest of us, if we're willing to commit for the next eight weeks or whatever other decision you've led us to make, I pray that we would respond in obedience. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.